On Shill Kill, we pair a crypto with a riveting true crime case, weaving together the worlds of innovation and investigation. Today, we shed light on a groundbreaking project before delving into a dark mystery. Stay curious and ready for more. I'm Chip Mahoney, and this is Shill Kill, a unique fusion of finance and mystery. If you are curious about crypto and you love true crime, this is a good place for you. Today, the key word is tether. That's a stable coin and I will cover it, but it's also a tie-in to a cold case mystery over 30 years cold out of Houston, Texas. Is there anything else that can be said here? Well, I've got a theory I'm going to share with you and even something bigger than that. So thanks for tuning in. This is the audio version, but if you like video, there's YouTube, there's TikTok and whatnot. Therefore, another reason to subscribe, come back for more, because I will have more for you. Just about every new week, a new crypto paired with a riveting true crime case, a real mystery like I like to do here at Shill Kill, because this podcast is for true crime fans, but also new adopters in crypto. Don't want to miss out on crypto, going to have FOMO if everybody else is doing well, and that's what I have here for you. That said, if you know anyone else like yourself who loves a good true crime mystery, but also is curious about crypto and wants to learn in a non-technical kind of way, please recommend, maybe rate the podcast, leave a review, but come back for more because I will always have more for you and anyone else you want to recommend. If you have heard me before and it wasn't just a drive-by, as I like to say, you're dropping the clip pulling the crossover SUV back around on me, know that I appreciate that OG kind of respect. Although I am a DeFi expert, I promise not to fire back on you with a bunch of technical jargon I know you don't need. You just need to know enough about the project to make a sound decision one way or the other. Because the thing about crypto is just not to miss out on the awesome opportunity. And don't miss out what I have for you next about Tether. Tether is a top three crypto project. There's Bitcoin, there's Ethereum, and then there's Tether. If you head on over to CoinMarketCap, you will see it in the number three spot. And it's been in crypto for over 10 years now, originally designed to work with Bitcoin, but has since expanded to just about every major blockchain. And you see it on the centralized exchanges, you see it in the DEXs, it's everywhere in this Web3 world. It is a stable coin. It's pegged one to one to the dollar or real world assets or reserves, as opposed to something like Luna, which uh, not too long ago had its own stable coin, quote unquote, that was backed by an algorithm. So if you are new to crypto, you might not know about that, but that's where they had their own version of a stable coin. They, of course, pitched out to the world as the next greatest thing. And Of course, people bought into it, and when it crashed, it drained uh, funds from all the holders, billions of dollars, and ruined a lot of people in crypto. And that was uh, one of the big catastrophes before FTX, and somehow crypto survived. 
However, Tether's been in the market for longer than that. It's in the number three position. And as opposed to something like an algorithm, it is real world stuff. It's money in the bank. It's cash on hand. It's one-to-one real world stuff in a digital world that needs stability because it's highly volatile. You look at coin market cap, you'll see projects that are up 50% one day, 100% down the next from Bitcoin to everybody else. So you need that stability. And something like uh, USDT is very stable and brings that relief in this market. So you can find it on a centralized exchange, put your money in it. Or if you're on a DEX and you're using a DeFi wallet like MetaMask and you're working with tokens that are just going crazy up and down and you need some calm and some peace, you can put it in USDT and then just make your move another day. Because let me tell you, the market is highly volatile. Now we're in this market where it's a bull run uh, beginning and Bitcoin's at 60,000. You could wake up tomorrow and could be 100,000 and then down 20,000 the next day. Who knows? So one-to-one real stable coin. There's a bunch of stable coins out there. You'll see them on CoinMarketCap. However, when it comes to stable coins, I always think number one is the best. So if it's in the number three spot and it's ahead of all the other stable coins, then that's the best. That's how I think of it over the others that I'll see in the top 100. Whoever is first out of the stable coins is where you want to be. And that's tether a true stable coin, one-to-one real world assets, like taking a dollar and making it digital and being able to have that uh, peace of mind in a highly volatile market. So now transitioning to the true crime. And the key word I said was tether because in this true crime mystery over 30 years, cold case, Houston, Texas, two young lovers murdered both of them were tethered to a tree in separate locations. It's a real mystery. Can anything else be said about it? Well, I've got a theory I'm going to share as well as something bigger than that. And we'll see. And I'm going to talk about that next. It was August 22nd, 1990, Houston, Texas. A young couple parked in an area known as Lover's Lane, West Houston area. She was 22 and he was 21. Her name was Cheryl and his name was Andy. And they were parked in that area and they wouldn't be found until the next evening on the 23rd. But somehow, some way, Andy was tied to a tree or tethered to a tree and Cheryl was taken to another tree and tied to that, but then later removed before she was killed and ditched in an area where she had boards put over her. And then Andy was killed after that. Investigators say that he was the last person to be killed when he was tied to that tree and his throat was slashed and that's how they found him. But the last person killed in the scenario uh, and someone who witnessed at least audibly what was happening to Cheryl and what was coming for him next. So a brutal scene, psychological horror, in my opinion. But why was she tied to another tree and then removed from that tree 
and then placed in an area with boards over her and next to her body was a crisp, clean $20 bill. This was 1990, so $20 could have bought about five blockbuster video rentals because $20 back then was like $100 today. It was a lot of money. So there's a reason why that was left behind. And originally, my first instinct in looking at this case, I thought, well, I agree that this person knew Cheryl somehow, some way, and that he must be the same age as them, and that $20 represents his age. That's what I thought. But then there's the balloons that were attached to the tree or the half-filled balloons. Why were they attached to the tree, uh, the Cher uh, tree that Cheryl was attached to uh, when she was being assaulted there and she was later removed? So that was something as well. And then there's the golf club because Andy had a golf club and the killer took that and placed that on the ground with three golf balls that pointed in the direction of Cheryl where her body would be found. But why would he do that in order to point authorities to where her body lay, but then place her in an area where she was covered by boards. So first instinct was that, yeah, he knew her somehow, some way, and there's some shame there, something he wanted to cover up. But that's not what I think now. After a lot of investigating on my end from my computer and the work that I do, I'm not a real investigator, but I have some ideas about this. I'm going to share a theory. And I also had said that I had something bigger than that because in the link here in the description of this podcast, I will link to my medium, which does have some pictures. Now I do have pictures, but what I will show is just a snippet of one picture because there's no way that I could say that a person did it without being an investigator, but things match up for me about 90%. Um, and after 30 plus years, what else can you do? Because genetic genealogy isn't a factor here, even though they do have DNA and they have it from another case that I will talk about here in a minute. Um, there's nowhere they can go with it. I mean, they were able to catch the golden state killer after 40 years, but they can't use it in this case for some reason. And I have a theory about that as well. So I'm going to share that in the next segment and talk about some important stuff. It's really big in my mind. And I don't know if it means anything, but it's something to work with because it diverts from my original instinct here that the killer was 20 years old, that he did know them. He knew Cheryl more than Andy. And this was something personal because this is shock and horror. This is psychological terror. This is the planting of clues and evidence, but the killer is trying to say something in his own twisted way. And I'm going to break that down in the next segment. And like I said, I will have uh, something more than the theory, a picture to show. And I do have more than that, but that's what I'm going to show for now. So stick with me and I've got that for you next. A few months before the attack on Cheryl and Andy, there was another attack in the West Houston area. And this happened to a young lady who worked at a nightclub. I think she was a stripper. However, she finished her shift and went back to her property. It was about 2.30 in the morning and found a man inside of her bedroom waiting for her. 
And the first thing he says is that your boyfriend owes me money. Well, he did get $250 from her that night, but this was after he brutalized her. However, she wasn't killed. He left her alive, even though he had a gun on his person. And he used that gun to immobilize her and get her hands behind her back, of course, but stick it in her neck and tease her with it as if he was going to shoot her. So he scared the living daylights out of her. But he didn't kill her. It would take 17 years before investigators learned that the DNA in that case matched the DNA in the Lover's Lane murders. Now, 17 years is a long time, but this is when DNA was in its infancy. It's not like it is today. It's a much different world. But still, the guy that was in that property that that night with uh, the lady who worked at the club, who I believe was a stripper and she had a lot of cash on her, took $250, which was like $1,000 back then. But he is the same guy who murdered Andy and Cheryl. He's the killer. There are some things here that stick out. First, that he talked to this person. He said, your boyfriend owes me money. And then he used a gun. He had a gun on his person. He used it to scare her and to tease her with it, but he didn't kill her. Going over to Lover's Lane, we know that two people were killed by one person. I don't believe it's multiple killers. I believe it's one person, but that one person had a gun. And with that gun, he was able to scare both of these young people that were in their early 20s and get the jump on them because this person was older. He was late 20s, early 30s. Originally, I had thought he was the same age as that $20 bill. I thought that was a clue. I thought that made sense to me. But the more I investigated this and looked at it from different angles, the more that didn't make sense to me. So this guy had more training. He had more um, real world experience, even though I do believe he was low on the skill set, as the reports say, that he was like a low achiever. But he had high achievement in like how to read people and get the jump on them. That was kind of like the way he operated, which is why he was in the property of this stripper before she even got home. He was already there. Your boyfriend owes me money. He knows who her boyfriend is, and he knows her without her knowing him. But he leaves her alive. Why is she still alive? Well, the good news from that event is that there was a sketch and that sketch is part of the pictures that I will show because you'll see the sketch. Of course, you can get that online, but you'll see it in the link that I have. And then I'm showing a snippet of another picture as well, because this man was in a uniform. And in fact, they had said it was a blue uniform. And I have that in a picture. I also have a gun on his person in the picture. Because in the case of Lover's Lane, he used that gun. He got the jump on them. He was more experienced and he knew how to separate them. He knew how to play one against the other, which is why he got a guy like Andy tied to that tree, tethered to that tree, because he had that gun. He might have been holding it to Cheryl at the time he was doing that. So that's how he was able to separate two people 
and do what he was going to do. He didn't use the gun maybe because it would have been too loud and you can leave a trace that way through ballistics. But this was shock and horror. This is brutality. And there were the balloons or the half-filled balloons on the tree that Cheryl had been, had been tied to because investigators say that she fought for her life. She fought hard. And for some reason, there's balloons on this tree. I don't know what kind of tree it was. For some reason... And then her body's removed and covered with planks of wood, it sounds like, and a crisp $20 bill. $20 was $100 back then. The two fifty that he took that night from the stripper, that was a grand. Today's money, it's a lot of money. So these things are significant. And originally I thought, yeah, that $20 bill is the same age as the killer. That's why he left it. I don't know about the golf club and the golf balls. I don't know about that. But here's where I diverted to. And I think it makes sense, at least when you are looking at the pictures and more of the information that I provide, maybe it uh, sheds some light here, or at least a new way to think about it. We do know that the victim that survived was a stripper. She was in a nightclub. And that golf club signifies the club. That's the nightclub. The three golf balls are the three people involved, the killer being one, Cheryl and Andy being the other two, and the balloons on the tree are significant and related to the $20 bill. The balloons represent a party, some sort of event. And if you think about a stripper, uh, you could think about a bachelor party, a party. The $20 bill is the money that you would give to a stripper or put in the G-string of a stripper. So I think that this killer, in a way, is related to the nightclub, possibly a stripper, but somebody who might have been in that world, but was also in a different world where he would have a gun on his person in an order of protection and not as a cop. But when you think about a stripper, or at least when I do from movies and TV, I think about a cop. So many times they've had that setup where they have a female cop play a stripper. But what if it were a male cop in a stripper role or somebody playing that role? We do know that the sketch is what it is and that the victim of that first attack said he was in a blue uniform or a uniform of some sort, about six foot tall, olive skin, black hair. I have those pictures, by the way. And I have the or a picture and also the gun as well. It's something. I don't know if it's anything, but it is at the same place that Cheryl and Andy were last seen alive. Not on the same night, but very close to it. And I don't know if those have ever been investigated. I have no idea. But I do think that the balloons are a symbol of a stripper. The $20 bill is the money handed to the stripper, but 
it seems to me that if the killer knew Cheryl somehow, some way that possibly she was in or partook in a party where there was a stripper. She's 22 years old. Was there ever a party or 21 year old party when you get your ID? Was there ever a party like that? She attended, whether it's at a nightclub or a a private function where there would have been a male stripper, there would have been something like that. I don't know if the killer was a stripper. I don't know if the killer was somebody else there on duty, but it seems to me that in this new idea or this angle that the $20 is the rejection, meaning that if he came across Cheryl in this kind of scenario, whether it's at a club, a private party, like a bachelor uh, party or a 21 uh, year age party where you go do that kind of stuff, then maybe he tried to interact with her or maybe she didn't give him any attention. And that $20 bills is a, or, or the $20 is a money put back to her that I killed you. Here's the $20 that you weren't going to give me or the person who was dancing that night. The balloons represent the party. The killer is, or at least in the book that I'm writing, the fiction that I'm writing is somehow some way connected to a strip club but possibly not a stripper, maybe somebody that worked there as security or contracted security through a third party in order to provide that around an event, whether it's at a nightclub or a private event. And if it's a get your ID for, you know, you're 21 years old and it's a party, just like you would have a bachelor party, you do those events then that's where I think the balloons represent the party. The $20 is the money handed back to her, which is kind of saying that you didn't want to give it to me then, I'm giving it back to you now and you're dead. And the reason why I think that they were both killed is that I think this killer saw her with Andy this night or hours before And that set him off because Andy was a good looking guy. And I think that from how the events are described that night, she was just infatuated with him and they were showing their affection or public display of affection. And maybe he saw this unfold and witnessed it and that just set him off. So it gave him that motive to follow them, which was somewhere between five to seven miles from the property they were last seen at to where they were discovered about five to seven miles, not too many twists and turns, pretty much a straight direction toward the West. So maybe he did that. So the golf club represents a nightclub. The three balls represent three people involved. The half filled balloons represent the party or the bachelor party or the 21 year old party where you get the idea and then you can go drink legally because that's just like a bachelor party. That's where those events are held, whether it's at a nightclub with strippers or it's a private event. Was she partaking in that with a friend or for herself in any way, shape or form? And then the $20 bills is, or the $20 bill is the bill handed back to her for the rejection that he tried to interact with her, maybe be with her that night. Or maybe if it were a dancer, she didn't put that uh, in his G-string, if you will. 
She kept it, maybe looked the other way. Maybe she wasn't impressed. But when he saw her with Andy and saw how she was impressed by this guy, he knew that he couldn't compete with Andy, but he could take what he could take. So he follows them. He has the gun on his person. He separates them with the gun. And that's how it all plays out. So I have a picture and I have that blue uniform. I have that gun. I have other pictures as well. But like I said, I'm not an investigator. I have no idea. But I do know that it's from the same place they were last seen together, not on the same night. And I do know a few other things that do match up as far as the physical description goes through a lot of checking. So if nothing else works, what else is there? Is it something? I have no idea. But take a look in the description and click on that and find out for yourself and see if it means anything. And I hope that helps in this case because something's going to happen. This was a brutal double murder, one of the biggest unsolved crimes in Texas, in Houston, and hopefully something can come of it. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Shield Kill, where I've had this pairing. I'll have more for you next time, but on this one, I'm out. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe and join us again as we uncover the fascinating connection between two seemingly disparate worlds. Until next time.